Hi, I'm Holly. And I'm Haley. Welcome to Mountain Mysteries, Tales from Appalachia. Well, um, cheers, and welcome back, everybody. Cheers. cheers. Ding. Love it. To another Thursday. Oh, God. So, tonight, we decided to um, change it up a little bit, and instead of doing our usual Olive Garden, because mm-hmm. Haley is at my house this mm-hmm. week, um, we did pizza. Yeah. And we, have it, we had it delivered, which was nice, because when I put the order in, they said it would be 90 minutes, and I thought... Haley's gonna kill me <laughs> and I mean I wouldn't put it past her because well from what I understand she has a history so um yeah but luckily she got here and literally what five minutes later the pizza came yeah if that yeah I think I was still like setting up mics and you were pizza like walked in I mean that made me look so awesome it was really well it done. was it was so I'm a good tipper I think that was probably part of it probably. too. yeah <laughs> um anyway but we are excited to be back this is episode 25 25 yeah this is like our silver anniversary or something wow. if you want to buy me something silver i'll i'm down yeah 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 my parents just had their 25th wedding anniversary so i still have all the decorations oh, so i, I should have brought them we were sick with the stomach flu and we didn't get to come I to know. your parents it's, anniversary which we sad. hate because we love your parents um <laughs> but yeah well that's good that's good <laughs> yeah you should have brought the decorations we could have just really lived it up but you know we are here um bringing you episode 25 for our silver anniversary yeah and at the end of this episode we're going to take care of a little bit of business whoa yeah we got some make sure we hit all of our shout outs of people who've emailed us yes and uh discuss a couple of things can't wait it's gonna be a blast let's do it <laughs> but we'll save that to the end so if you want to you know click away at that point then we haven't why would they want to do that i feel like that's when we are our most i know comical yeah yeah the last like five minutes of the episode <laughs> that's the best <laughs> the best part <laughs> oh bless it well we're cute i mean you can't see us but we have nice voices yeah Anyway, all right, so today we are um, headed to June of 1993, Um, and as always, I like to give you some things that were going on in the world, in the United States, so the number one song on the billboard was That's the Way Love Goes by Janet Jackson. Do you know that one? Yes. That's the way love goes. That's the way love goes. Maybe I don't. Oh. I yeah. thought it sounded really familiar, and I felt real good about that, but then... Yeah, know. well, you know, this was before your life. It was. So, you know, it's all right. It's okay. It's all, all right. right. All right, and so the United Nations actually was authorizing a worldwide oil embargo against Haiti. What an obscure fact. <laughs> right? Well, and what ended up happening, it was horrible for Haiti because... Um, you know, they didn't have oil, and it caused all these issues, and anyway. Poor hating, right? Exactly. They didn't have the money to pay the tax, mm. so. 
And then on June the 20th of 1993, the NBA Finals saw the Chicago Bulls becoming the first team since the Boston Celtics in the 60s to win three consecutive NBA titles. Are you a sports gal? No. Me either. No. I mean, I've played a lot of sports as a kid. Baseball, basketball, that kind of thing. But do I actively watch it? No. I was way too uncoordinated. I was. I highly doubt that. Oh no! I everyone thought I would be like really good at basketball, and every year when they'd come around to be like sign up for basketball, I would always get asked by the coach like, "When are you gonna play?" Because I was so tall. Mm. And I was like, "You don't want that." (laughs) I would just let the ball like hit me. I got hit in the face. I would get my (laughs) like my fingers jammed against the. I, it was bad. It was I was picked last for every team, and I was like, I understand. Maybe he meant we want you to be the mascot. I'd have been a solid mascot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think I was skilled by any means. I think I just wanted to play. I, I think I was a really good little baseball player. There you go. Basketball, I think I was going through the motions. That's okay. Yeah. More than I was doing, so props. <laughs> Yes, but you were cheering me on in your tiger suit. Yeah, yeah. If I could have been the mascot, I'd have been all over that. Nice. I'd have so done it. Oh, nice. Well, um, Michael Jordan was the big wig at the time, and Mm -hmm. he was um, with the Chicago Bulls, and he actually led them to these wins. They beat the Phoenix Suns in a game, um, game six, of a score of 99 to 98. One point. That's high for basketball, too, isn't it? Not necessarily. I mean, I've seen it over 100 before. Jeez. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's too much. That's a lot of exercise for those guys up and down a court, up and down a court. Um, But they won by one point, which makes me think it was like a foul shot or something. Probably. So. Um, All right. So we are going to Manassas, Virginia, which is kind of in that Alexandria, like out of D.C. Mm -hmm. area. Um, And this is June 23rd, 1993. Okay. So, in the early wee morning hours, a white male in his mid-twenties comes staggering into the ER, clinging a towel and dripping blood. Um, right? And just, you know, completely, um, oh my god, oh my god, you know, freaked out. Great way to so, start the morning. Isn't it, though? God, those <laughs> ER doctors, God bless them. I can't believe what they've seen. So, when questioned, he reports that his wife took a knife and cut him. So he claims that, you know, basically she stabbed him, cut him, and then ran out of the apartment. And he had no idea. Like, he was with a friend who was staying over. And his friend said, uh, dude, you need to, like, get to the ER. He did admit that he had been drinking. Um, so he was seeing the blood and he could feel the pain, but not totally. Just kind of like, oh, man. That should hurt. Oh, man, I'm bleeding. (laughs) What do I do? Uh, dude. Maybe you want to, like, go to the ER. I don't know. And mm. he drove him. His friend drove him. Like, they well, didn't I mean, even call. That's, that's kind. That's, I mean, growing up with parents who were paramedics, mm-hmm. I would not go in an ambulance unless I was, like, actually dying. Oh, it's a fortune. Like, I would oh not. I would not. Well, unless there was a limb, like, hanging off of me. I've been, like decapitated i'm not going can i tell you about my mother that she would probably stub her toe and be like oh we gotta call 911 <laughs> and lucretia i know you're out there and i know you're listening and you know it's true come on i love it i love it yeah so he's at the er he's saying that this is going on um 
Meanwhile, his wife is out driving around after this attack, and she herself calls the police on herself okay. to tell them about what happened. Good for her. But before I take you deep into the story, I want to take you back a little ways to when the couple first met. Because I think in order to talk about how they got there, we have to talk about how it started. I love a flashback. Exactly. Flashback. All right. So it is 1988. um, And the man that I'm talking about who was stabbed, the husband, he was actually in the Marines. He was going to an officer's party. And there he met a young Venezuelan girl who had come to America on a student visa and was currently enrolled in community college. Now, she was actually born in Ecuador, um, but had lived most of her life in Venezuela and had seen a lot of American movies, kind of had that idealized, like a lot of folks who are from other countries about like the American dream and like America and what, it, you know, like the perfect, mm-hmm. you know, the fantasy. Little do they know. Exactly. <laughs> this is not the place to Shit be. Shit gets real. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So she was here and, you know, here's this strapping guy. They instantly have this physical attraction. So they're dancing and, you know, I mean, obviously there's some magic going on. There's Uh something between Mm -hmm. them. So he says, you know, listen, um, I got to go, but here's my number. And she's like, you know, here's my number too. So very quickly they start dating. Mm -hmm. Now she states, she tells her friends and family, you know, he was kind, he was sweet. He was such a gentleman, like would open doors for her. He was you know, the perfect American guy that she had really dreamed about. Um, And they had talked about getting married. That's fast. Yes. But then it had to happen. And I say Uh, had to happen because her visa was going to expire. Oh, I thought she got pregnant. Yeah, I I know. It was sort of headed that way, right? It was. was. But no didn't get pregnant, um, her visa was expiring. And so there was kind of that pressure, let's let's go ahead and get married. Now, he claims that she proposed to him. Love that. And she says, no, he proposed to me. No matter what, at the end of the day, (laughs) June 18th, 1989, they get married. Okay, gotcha. So they had only really dated maybe six months. Um, So they settle into life, but quickly things between them start to go downhill. So... She, you know, wanting to have the nice life, um, starts spending money pretty quickly. Um, and by 1991, he is out of the Marines and he's find it hard to maintain employment. Mm. Not that he didn't want a job, just hard to kind of find his niche. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think that would be hard if you go from being young and then, you know, straight into the military, like at high school. I mean, even if you just graduate high school, like, what's my niche? What's my thing? What do I want to be? I mean, I'm 23, and I still have no freaking idea what I'm doing. I'm... Mm, <laughs> older than Significantly that. older than that. <laughs> significantly. And I mean, I think I, you know, I'm happy in my career, I think. Seems to be my niche, maybe. I, I mean, know. I got a master's degree in it, so I better figure it out pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, my master's degree is in something totally different. Okay, so there's hope for me yet. Yeah. I love it. Okay. You never know. Um, Anyway, so she started working um, as a nanny to support the family, and she was also doing nails. She was a nail tech. So, yeah, so when she went to community college, she got her 
degree diploma in like salon and, and nails. Um, and apparently she was very, very good at it. She did a beautiful job. Um, but the husband was reporting that he and his wife were fighting more and more. And usually they were fighting about money. Mm. She living in the area that they lived in, this is kind of an affluent area. And they had lived initially in like a studio apartment and quickly that didn't become good enough for her anymore. You know, she wanted to have the fantasy, the life. And so pretty soon they had like expensive cars and like a nicer kind of luxury apartment. And he was saying, you know, we can't afford this. And she was like, well, no, you know, you just need to like start working because I am. Um, So she reports that one day that they were driving down the road um, and he was driving really fast and erratically. So she is like trying to grab the wheel and like tell him to slow down. You're scaring me. And she claims that he got fired up and punched her. Oh, God. And this was the first time she states that he ever physically put his hands on her. This wouldn't be the last. Mm-mm. Yeah. hate that. So... However, both of them claimed that each other was abusive. Hmm. So he would say, you know, I was just trying to hold her back from, like, hurting me. Like, I was trying to contain her. She was going off, and he, and she would say, no, 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 he was abusing me. And the cops were called about half a dozen times. Yeah. Um, she would say, you know, I'm Catholic. I don't believe in divorce. You know, when you get married, it's forever. So she really wanted to make it work. He was kind of like, listen, let's just call this what it is. Yeah. Um, Sometimes that's better. Exactly. She, one time when the cops were called, she had injuries to her lip. She had a busted lip. She had a black eye. um, And he says, you know, I was just trying to restrain her. She was coming at me. Um, and initially charges were filed against him, but then he filed charges, charges against her. And eventually these charges were dropped. Um, she actually got in trouble for stealing dresses from Nordstrom. Oh. So again, this is part of that. I really want nice things. So she was willing to steal. She ended up doing community service. Um, but she also embezzled $7,000 from her boss at the nail shop. That'll and when, do it. Yeah. And her boss, whom she was very close to, she actually nannied for the boss. Yeah. So the boss made her pay all of that money back with interest. Oh, my. A lot of interest. Yeah. So, I mean, she definitely got her money back. Yeah. I mean, I guess if it's that or, you know, file charges. Yes. That or file charges. So, mm. you know, she definitely wanted to pay that money back. Um, and then... Ultimately, it probably altered the relationship between she and her boss. I would imagine so. For sure. So after about two years of being married, the couple finds out that they're pregnant. Hmm. Um, She is thrilled. All she's ever wanted was to be a mother, to have a child. And he is not so excited about it. He Hmm. says, look, we're young. We can't afford it. I think you need to have an abortion. He persuaded her to have an abortion Um, and she did not want to, but she was also scared that if she didn't, he would leave her. Right. So she went ahead with the abortion, but she really kind of carried that trauma and that guilt with her. And she had a lot of anger towards him. Well, and she's Catholic, right? Yeah. So it's like a big no-no in the Catholics. Oh, huge no-no. Yeah. 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 So she carried a lot of this trauma and guilt with her and she had a lot of anger towards him. Um, and she reports 
that he was not only physically violent with her, but sexually. Oh. That he would often rape her. She would say, you know, no, you know, I don't, I don't want to. Um, and he would pretty much say, I can have you anytime I want you. Like, you're my wife. You have to do this. Incorrect, sir. Exactly. But that was his thought of, you're my wife, I can do whatever I want. So she was not only raped, she was sodomized, um, and just various things would happen. And she said that she was terrified of him. She said that she would have nightmares. Um, She eventually, by 1993, went to get a protective order against him Mm. um, because she had asked, you know, what can I do? Like, I'm really scared of him. And he had been threatening to divorce her. Um, And while she wanted to make her marriage work, she was also terrified. So she goes to the police station to file the protective order. And they tell her, you know, it's going to be about a three hour wait because there's a lot of paperwork that we need to do. And she couldn't wait that long. So she left. I'm so angry at how hard it is for women to get protective orders. Right? Like it's the hardest process. And it shouldn't be. It should not be that hard. No. Well, and then also, like, it's never taken seriously. No. It's almost like, well, nothing's happened yet, so we can't do anything. Right, well, we don't see any bruises on you now, or you, you're not in the hospital, so. And it's like, what, so you want me to, like, almost die or die before you do anything? Right. Jeez. All right. I'm getting pissed already. Oh, my gosh. Whew. Just, just the beginning. <laughs> sip your drink there. Okay. Um, so... She admits she just was having a breakdown. Mm-hmm. She was just in a really bad place. And she had told a neighbor of hers that this was going on. Mm-hmm. This was happening to her. And she even talked about the sexual abuse. And her neighbor said, you know, marital rape is a thing. Yeah. And, you know, her being from another country just wanted to kind of please her husband, had the idea of the American dream. Like, she was like, what do you mean? And her neighbor gave her some literature on it, actually. So that night she was back at home. Her husband had told her about a couple of days before that he was going to get divorced and he was bringing in his old friend from New York who was going to come like live with him and like help pay the rent so she could just leave. Oh. So, I mean, you got to think from her perspective, she's probably like, shit, what do I do? Yeah. This idealistic dream that I had and now my husband is telling me to like get out basically so it's going to be hard for her to find you know a place to live what do i do where do i go yeah so this friend comes and is like sleeping on their couch right so the friend is never really been to the dc area so the husband's like you know hey bud like um let's go out his name was bob and he was like come on bob like let's go out i'll show you the town so they go to all these strip clubs right in these dance clubs, and they get, like, completely plastered. Okay. So they come back, and by the time they come back, she's in bed. She had read the pamphlets on marital rape, um, and they were actually on her bedside table. Oh. He comes back. The friend, like, passes out on the couch. He takes his clothes off. So now he reports that he folds his clothes and that he gets into bed, Um, and he's just exhausted, you know, he's had a lot to drink, and so she starts, um, fondling him, Mm. and he says he tells her he's tired, and he just wants to sleep. Hmm. Convenient. Right. But her story is, 
that he sexually assaults her, that he rapes her. Yeah. She tells him no, and he forcibly rapes her. Um, and she fights back, but he has his way anyway. So after what happened, he falls asleep. She is just like beside herself. You know, all these thoughts and feelings start coming back, you know, being sort of forced into things that she didn't want to be. Not only the physical sexual violence, but also the abortion, like all these things are kind of just ringing in her head. And so she gets up to go get a drink of water in the kitchen and she sees a butcher knife. Hmm. Grabs the butcher knife and comes into the bedroom where he is sleeping. She pulls back the covers. And mind you, he was naked. Right. And she cuts off his penis. Oh, my. Sure does. Sure does. Now, if this story sounds at all familiar to you and to you listeners, this is the story of John and Lorena Bobbitt. You may not know this story. I don't. Okay. This is awesome. So it's very fresh for you. And for some of our listeners, this may be new to you. Um, Of course, I, having lived in this time, know this very well. Mm -hmm. Um, So Lorena ends up having his penis in her left hand, the knife in her right hand, um, somehow grabs the car keys. Yeah. Like runs past the friend who's like half asleep on the couch. Just holding the penis. Yeah. Yeah. He is bleeding. Profusely, absolutely, (laughs) and he's like looking down, like the heck. Obviously, now he's awake, you know. So she is in the car again, still holding the penis, um, and she can't hold the penis and the knife and drive and like do all this at one time. So she kind of gets to a point where there's a field on the right hand side, and she rolls down the window and throws the penis out the window. (gasps) What? Yes, she throws the penis out the window. I am. This is so bad for him, but I'm living for this right and now. And this is the point where his friend convinces him at the apartment to go to the hospital. It's like, hey, dude, you're missing your penis. You exactly. Go like, to your, your penis is gone. And of course, you know, being a dude, he's like, that's the worst thing ever. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, it's like, oh my God, she cut his head off, but I guess she did. But I'm bummed. More than that, actually. But anyway, <laughs> I'm here all night. Um, so she calls the police on herself. And she says, you know, basically, I just cut my husband's penis off, you know, and um, I threw it in a field. Can you imagine being a dispatcher on the other end of that call? No. <laughs> like, what? Like, hello, um, I just cut my husband's penis off. Excuse me, ma'am, What? <laughs> Well, and I think, you know, um, English, especially at that point, wasn't probably her her best language. And I think that they would be like, ma'am, say that again. Just double checking. Did you say what I thought you said? <laughs> like, is this, like, waving their buddies over, like, come here, come here, come here. You gotta, so, you gotta um, listen to this. I would have liked to have been the police officer who had to go hunt for the penis. Oh, it was a rookie for sure. Oh, definitely. This like, was like, listen, when they lined them all up and they were like, which one of you has pissed me off this week? You're on penis duty. Yep. You're going to be finding. Yeah. You're going to be finding the member. Well, 
my parents, as being paramedics, if there's they a... they for penises? Not penises. Um, but, like, you know, other Maybe. limbs and things that, you know, <laughs> are disattached in, like, vehicle accidents. Mm-hmm. That you can't, or you're not supposed to leave a scene until you find all your body parts. <laughs> Dear God. So they're, like, hunting through the woods looking for a head or looking for an eyeball or, like, a leg or something. See, that makes me have... And your mother's told me these stories before, yeah. but I, it's a mad respect for them because holy cow. See, but that's the kind of thing where if they were like, we need a volunteer to go look for the body part, I would sign up for that. Oddly, I would All too. Right. God, that's why we're so sick. I was like, we would be like, can we bring our recording equipment and be like, we are currently searching through the we woods. We are in the field <laughs> behind old Jeffrey's house. Looking for a... Looking for a peni. <laughs> Yep, well, a peni, a penis. Peni would be multiple. Oh, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> what if you found more than one while you were out there? Like, I feel like how many guys are walking around without their things? <sighs> anyway. Interesting. All right. Um, so some poor cop had to search for John's penis. Yep. And yes, this is John Bobbitt where that we're talking about. I finally have given them names mm-hmm. here. Um, so at the hospital, the surgeon says, well, you know what? I think we can reattach it. Well, yeah, and I've probably clean cut. It was. I mean, it was almost like she was a doctor or something. Like, look at that. Just, just chop that. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Just right All of off. our male listeners have their legs crossed. How much you want to bet? For sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so they actually um, are able to clean it. And they're able to put it in, like, a saline solution with ice. And they're able to keep it thriving. Ugh. <laughs> Whatever. Um, and they are able to reattach it. Now, he has said that it continues to function like a normal penis. Good for his penis. I don't, it's just... I mean, that's, like, God. skills to the doctor's. Like, props to the doctors that were able to do that. And whatever cop got out there and found that penis so fast and put it I know. on ice. I know. And you know all the guys were like, yeah, like, we'll find your penis, son. Don't we worry. We got you. Don't worry. We got you, buddy. Like, we're praying for you, man. You'll stand up again. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's a stand-up guy. Oh. Sorry, okay. God. Nope. It's taking a dark turn. It's taking a Welcome to my mind. <laughs> it's a very dark, <clears throat> gross place to be. Anyway, I digress. All right, so she ends up going on trial. I mean, obviously. Obviously. Um, so she is charged with assault, um, with, you know, attempt, essentially a attempt to kill. I mean, because he could have bled to death. I mean, he could have, but was her intent there to kill him? No, I think the intent was just to, and this is what she said, you know, take away the thing that had been hurting her. Um, Fair. So there were many women's groups who were outside the courthouse, you know, protesting um, and talking about the thing that people just didn't talk about, which was spousal rape. Yeah. 
Um, and this was huge because so many women for so long had been forced to have intercourse against their will, but thought that they had to because they were married or that it was okay that their husband was doing this to them. So it really brought up the whole conversation about this, which was good because we hadn't had it before. Right. Now, she had been saying that, you know, since the beginning of their marriage, she had been raped, she had been sodomized, um, and that he had told her that, you know, I can have you anytime I want you. He testifies and says, he says, no, that night I was too tired to do anything. Now, he has three different stories. Of course he does. He says, nope, that night I was too tired to do anything and I was drinking, so I probably couldn't participate anyway. That was his thing. Okay. I mean, that's valid. That is valid. It is. However, he says that she was um, um, trying to get things going with him. She was being kind of petting him and touchy-feely, and he was like, oh, I'm tired. That was his first story. Okay. His second story was that they did have intercourse, but it was consensual. Okay. And his other story was, yes, we did have intercourse, I think, but I was sleeping. Now, I can tell you many a woman who, you know, kind of falls asleep during it. A man, I've never seen that. I wouldn't know. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It doesn't. (laughs) Nope. In this case, he was saying, oh, no, 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 I was, I was sleeping, and, and she had sex with me, like, give me a break. So, okay. he really couldn't get his story straight, and as a matter of fact, he was charged with rape. Good. But because there was no direct evidence, they couldn't do anything, so he was let off. Now, in her case, um, she was actually found innocent. Really? Yeah. That surprises me. She was let off, yeah. And and again, her defense was trauma that, you know, she had really suffered for years. Yeah. Um, the trauma. And I have a quote here. The defense claimed that he had mentally and physically battered her, that the abuse was escalating, and that by 1993 she lived in constant fear of him. And eventually she just went off and she snapped and, you know, she cut yeah. it off. Yeah. So after deliberating for seven hours, you know, the jury said, no, she's not guilty. And they actually found her not guilty um, due to insanity that caused irresistible impulse to sexually wound him. Yeah, they found her not liable. I'm here for it. All right. So a judge did, however, order her to undergo a 45-day evaluation at the Central Hospital um, in Virginia. That's fair. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And then she was let out. Um, And then John and Lorena ended up divorcing in 1995, so about two years later. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And John, so here's what ended up happening to the couple, which I think you'll find interesting. Okay. All right. John goes on to star in several adult films. Does he really? He sure does. Do you have a list? I can tell you the names of them. Are you ready? Because I, I may think have you to do are some really googling. You're gonna. Oh, jeez. Just because I'm I curious mean. to see if it works. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. Um. So one of the films that was released in 1994 was called <clears throat> Uncut. It was not. It was not your life. It was. I serious. Hand to God. (gasps) Hand to penis. (laughs) That's perfect. Isn't it? I love it. Um, And the other one came out two years later in 1996. 
time to prepare myself. And it was called Franken Penis. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch that. Oh my god! If I have to pay for it, then no. But if I can find it like pirated somewhere, oh I'll let you know. <laughs> I just that's freaking hilarious. Yeah, like you know. <laughs> There are many details that I can't talk about on this podcast that I would really like to know. That is probably just too dirty we'll to go talk there. About it after. We need another like after dark. <laughs> the, the true crime podcast after dark. Well, maybe not true crime, but just, maybe just dirty. Just after dark. After dark. Halloween Haley. After dark. Um, all right. So this is <laughs> too funny. So um, in 1994, I guess after his first adult film came gotcha. out. He was in Las Vegas where he had moved after the trial. Okay. And he was charged with striking an exotic dancer. And he was actually convicted of battery and spent 15 days in jail. At this point, he tells the judge that he probably just had an attitude problem. And the judge reflected on that and said, your attitude problem is caused by your drinking. Fair. For sure. Because, I mean, if you think about it, he was drinking when the event with Lorena happened, too. So, he lived in Vegas and worked various jobs. So, he was a bartender, a limo driver, a pizza delivery guy. Oh, yeah. And he was a minister at some of these, like, quickie weddings. I can see it. I could, too. But, I mean, could you just imagine, like, you just you know came from alabama to get hitched and the guy with like you know the reattached penis is marrying you like what do you even say you're at the altar and they're both looking at you like where do i know you from i've seen that penis before i've seen you before (laughs) hey dude were you in franken penis (laughs) i saw that that's my favorite movie it works well. Good job. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Yeah. So, I mean, he was marrying people. Oh, God. With so, his Franken With his Franken. Well, no. He wasn't marrying him with it. <gasps> Take this ring. Maybe it was the ring holder. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> That's so bad. No. so horrible. That's awful. This poor Alabama couple. I know. I feel bad for them. I feel bad for the wife, because the husband's probably like, dude, that's awesome. And the wife's probably like, can we just, like, finish, just, like, not do just, this? She just needs to bounce. Needs to I would say, bounce. let's just go down the street to, like, the little white yeah. wedding chapel and get the Elvis impersonator to do yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather have, like, a, you know, hunk of hunk of burning love than a, you know, a wedding band that's been on somebody's junk. <laughs> Exactly. Okay. Um, So in 1999, he was charged with theft um, at a Nevada store. So, I mean, for him, it just keeps getting worse. Um, He was given probation, but he violated that in 2003 um, when he was arrested on surprise battery charges Hmm. um, for abusing his wife, Joanna. Oh, so he got remarried. He did get remarried. Yeah. They ended up divorcing um, the next year after two more battery charges. Hmm. So the police were called a lot. Um, and then in 2014, he was severely injured injured and broke his neck in a car accident in Jeez. Buffalo, New York. He is actually 
fine. Um, I actually saw an interview with him not too long ago. So he is continuing to say that, um, you know, he was innocent in this and that, you know, yeah, you know, they would get into brawls, him and Lorena, but she was equally as violent as him. Yeah. This is his side of the story. Now, here's what Lorena says, and here's what happened to Lorena. Yeah, I'm interested to see what's up with her. Okay. So, Lorena, after the trial, kept a pretty low profile. She actually went to Ecuador, like I said, where she was born, um, and she had dinner with one of the big officials, like political officials, and she and the political official helped baptize a baby. (laughs) Yeah, and apparently they were the got parents. It just, I don't... Okay. That was a weird tidbit. That's I was so, like, I don't understand. Like, like, just right place, right time? I guess so. Like, this is the woman who cut off the penis. Let's have her baptize, <laughs> you know, little, little Isabella. Yikes. Yeah, that's... I don't... Ooh. Okay. All I right. Like I like it. I... All right. Um, So in December of 1997, so this is about four years later, she was charged with assault. Was she now? Oh, and here's my favorite part. After she punched her mother while they were watching television. I mean, sometimes. I mean, you know, did did Wheel of Fortune just piss you off that bad that you just had to? Bad disagreement over that Jeopardy answer. Could be. Yeah. Or maybe it was some kind of Viagra commercial and it just sent her over the edge. Maybe. Yeah. Could have been. Could have been. You know, we don't mm-hmm. know. We don't know. And actually, Viagra did come out in 97, so it really oh. could be. We don't know. It was a Pfizer commercial. Um, so she was acquitted and she continued to live with her mother. So, I mean, I guess they made peace. They mended that relationship, I guess. <laughs> mended. That's funny. Um, in 2007, she was working at a beauty salon in Washington, D.C. and started an organization to help prevent um, domestic violence through family-oriented activities. And she actually called this organization Lorena's Little Red Wagon. I feel like I've heard of Lorena's this. Red Wagon. Sorry, Red Wagon. Red Wagon. Yeah. Um, I, she also married in the early 2000s and had a daughter in and around December of 2005. Um, Lorena claims that she did a 2009 Oprah interview, which she and John sat down together, and this is the first time they'd seen each other in years. And she claimed after that that he continued to send her Valentine's Day cards and that he, like, always loved her and wanted to get back with her. That's creepy. Yeah. That's where the story ends for um, the Bobbits. Um, this was... I'm When I tell you that, like, late-night comedians had like a ball with this oh i'm sure they did it was so freaking funny and my grandmother my grandmother she used to send me these really sort of inappropriate cutouts from the newspaper (laughs) this was back before there were memes you know because we didn't have the internet um this was back when the, like the newspaper would have like you know little like funny little comic strips Uh uh-huh and so she would like send us clippings and be like, "Oh my God, it's another Bobbit story. It's hilarious," <laughs> and I'll be damned. She would put it up on her fridge. I yeah. She would, and she'd it. be like, "I saw the newest one, and I put it up on the fridge. <laughs> Hand me my cigarettes." Like seriously, it was hilarious. My grandmother loved that. But 
yeah, I mean, it was fodder for everybody. It was really funny. So, I mean, here's the ultimate thing. Sexual abuse is not funny. And violence against women is not funny. And I think that she finally had had enough and she hit her breaking point and that's why she did what she did. Yeah. To cause violence to other people, though, is that's not the right way to go about it. No. There are... No, she definitely should not have cut off his penis. No. No. There were other things that she could have done. I mean, mm-hmm. first of all, staying for that protective order would yep. have been a right way to go about it. Um, and reaching out and asking for help. Yeah. For sure, for sure. However, um, what he did to her was unspeakable. Yeah. And just remember that if you are in a marriage, no means no. In any relationship. In any relationship. In you know, any kind of relationship, yeah. whether it be, you know, a heterosexual relationship. Exactly. Any kind of relationship. Exactly. With anyone. Exactly. That is not okay. Yes. That when you say no, no should mean no. Yeah. And if they respect you, they will respect what you say. And it's not a, like, you know, a one-time thing. Like, it's not. Right. If they do it once, they're going to do it again. Exactly. So just... And there's so many organizations out there, like domestic violence hotlines are available. Yes. There's tons of rape crisis centers. Yes. I mean... And that you're not alone because other women have gone through this yeah. before. And I'm so glad that if anything, yes, it was fodder. But if anything, this put finally kind of a name and a face to spousal rape. And yeah. that it really does happen. Um, because it was one of those hidden things that people just didn't talk about. And I think women assumed, well, I'm married, so it's not rape. Well, well, and even our laws, I mean, in some states, the law hasn't even caught up yet. Exactly. Of, like, if you're married, you can't say that it was rape. Right. I mean, there's still states where that is... Absolutely. ...true. I mean, and it's disgusting. It is. So, I mean, I'm glad that we've had this breakthrough. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to listen to what happened to both of them afterward, I feel like there probably is some validity to both sides being... Yeah kind of aggressive i was gonna ask you where you thought the truth lied because i think somewhere it's, in the middle yeah i think it's somewhere in the middle yeah. i think i definitely think she was assaulted oh definitely i think that she had traumatic horrific things happen to her but i can see you know maybe she did have a temper and so i mean i would too i mean if you punched your mother um while watching television right Clearly, you, you have a temper. Yeah. And and maybe she was. Maybe she was a little fiery. Couldn't kind of control it. And he did say they fought over things. They yeah. would fight a lot. So I think it was just volatile. Yeah. I think there's probably fault on both sides for the arguing and the fighting. But there is no fault on her end for the, the sexual abuse. Absolutely Or not. physical abuse or anything. Absolutely not. No. None. No. Not whatsoever. Um, so, you know, I think that these were two people who were young. And, you know, they had an instant attraction, but in the end, they weren't right for each other. They shouldn't have moved so quickly. And, you know, it's unfortunate. Um, It's unfortunate of everything that happened. But, like I said, at the end of the day, this brought to light spousal rape. And, um, yeah, it gave us this story to talk about today. It gave us some really good opportunities to make some penis jokes. I thought you were going to say PSAs. 
you were saying that as well. You were saying P E N I S is what mm-hmm. you were going for, but I was, I was looking for, for PSA. Wow. Check your genitals. Check those genitals. Make yeah. sure they're not missing. Make sure your genitals <laughs> are in place. Yes. Exactly. Intact. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And Jeez. if they are missing, good idea to go to the hospital. Please visit your local ER. Exactly. <laughs> Which he did the right PSA. thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing. Good Jeez. job. So yeah. All right. I just love that you hadn't heard that story. I That's just that's oh my crazy. god, I love it. I love it. That was just the biggest news story ever. Well, not ever, but <laughs> right. pretty big. All right. You want to get down to some business? Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So we also really wanted to make sure that we shout out the people that you know had emailed us with case suggestions, sent us lovely notes. Um, and starting out with Nicole, who actually sent us a message on Facebook with that super creepy, like, murder house. Yes. Did you see that? Yes. Yeah. So, it's on my list of locations we have to go and, like, record it now. For sure. Yeah. It's made the list. So, thank you, Nicole, for that. Yes. Thank um, you. Also, shout out to Candace, who sent us an email with a case suggestion for the Nancy Morgan case in Madison County, North Carolina. Interesting. And I'm actually currently working on that one. I'm hoping to get it out soon. There's not a ton of information out there on the case. Um, there is a really good book written about the case, but it's taking me time, some additional time to get through it because we are busy ladies. We have a lot. I thought that all we just did is like drink coffee this. and <laughs> eat pizza and podcast. Right. We do not? No. Do we do more than that? I think so. Hmm. I mean, we both have full-time jobs. That is true. And you have another human that you're caring for. I do. I do. (laughs) So, yeah, we're we're getting there. It's just, it takes us a hot second sometimes. If only (laughs) the jobs would do themselves and my child would just raise himself. Yeah, though we have so much time for research and editing and everything else that we need to do every week. (laughs) But no, we are so grateful for your suggestions, and I can't wait to dig into that story. I'm super excited, and we also got another case suggestion um, from Emily, who I actually work with. She sent me a message on like our company message thing, Mm -hmm. and told me about a case of I think her roommate in college, her brother, actually um, was murdered in Kentucky. His name is Alex Johnson. And it was a huge case, got national attention. I'd never heard of the case, but there's so much out there on it that sometimes when there's so much information... It's a lot to put together. It's so much to put together. And there's actually another podcast out there. It's like a seven-part podcast on his case. Holy moly. So I definitely want to listen to that. I think it's called Taking Alex... It was Interesting. A, a reporter had done it. It's I listened to like a little bit of it and it sounds really good. So definitely go check that out if you're looking for another podcast too, Taking Alex. Because um, I'm going to be listening to that and then getting my notes together. And hopefully we'll have some that case come out pretty soon. That's um, good. But yeah, that's our, that was my little notes of business. 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 Well, um, I love that. Um, and you know... We talk about all the time, like, you know, send us your ideas, and it's true, because mm-hmm. it really does help spur us on um, with doing a lot of these stories. Yeah. Um, and we've been able to just have some amazing stories just from you guys' feedback, so please send us more. Yes. We, we please, love please, this. Please. We love this. Um, so I want to give a quick shout out 
Woo woo. Woo. Um, I want to give a shout out to Compton, California. Woo. Southside. Um, so I noticed that um, we are very popular out west. Did you notice that? Yeah, it's odd. I mean, like, thank you, our Out West oh. listeners. We love it. Dude, we love you. Love to see it. I love, yeah, it's awesome. But we're very, very popular in Washington. We're very popular in California. So keep it up. Yeah. We love that. So, <laughs> yeah, shout out to Compton. Um, keep listening. We love it. Yeah. All right, Haley. Well, I think that is a wrap on our silver anniversary episode crazy that was a good one though, it was yeah 25th. to that talk was... about penis yeah a penis yeah yeah it felt right yeah, it did oh my god just wait to see what we do for the 50th oh my god it'll be vaginas <gasps> gold vaginas because it's the golden anniversary <laughs> please all right um well thank you guys for joining us and we look forward to seeing you again next week oh what is gonna happen next week Haley? Yeah, so we're going to get a little dark next week and do a case I really don't want to do, but we're going to do it anyway because I think it's important and it's got a wild twist at the end, but it involves an elderly woman, some murder, a hammer, an escapee. It's a whole thing. Cold case-ish. Wow. It's a lot. I like that you're like, I, I don't really want to do this. You know you want to do I it. hate cases that involve <clears throat> the elderly. That's I hate thing. the ones that involve the children. I don't. Uh, this sounds horrible, but I don't mind those as bad as I do the elderly. I don't mind the elderly as much. It's so funny. You and I are so different. I know. This just really well, bother me. But I'm going to do it anyway. I'm Nonetheless, I'm here to listen. All right. Well, that is all for this week. Uh, can't wait to hear about that next week. Everybody, be safe, and we'll see you for episode 26. Bye. Bye.